Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Grassroots Pharmacy. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We got a special show for you today. We are joined by Ben Roberts of the You Have the Headphones on Backwards, Ben. They're also kind of itchy. Kyle must usually wear these. Yeah. Um, anyway, ben, or <laughs> ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald Leader, uh, recruiting writer extraordinaire, uh, and happy, happy uh, coincidence, we somehow, I planned this, and then all the recruiting news broke <laughs> here as we're recording on Wednesday, a little after one. Uh, so we got a lot to get into. Johnny Juzang, Jade McDaniels, try to talk some 2020 as well. Uh, probably mostly discuss basketball recruiting since that's the hot, hot topic uh, at this moment. But uh, Ben, I guess I'll let you kind of start. You you published a piece this morning here on uh, Wednesday. Uh, you got to talk to Evan Daniels, and then Evan went and, went and zigged when you were zagging because he made a pick that you weren't <laughs> expecting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been an eventful uh, 24 hours. Uh, you know, we were, and this is, it seems like the last few years, this time of year, this kind of stuff happens. Uh, you know, we, Evan and I talked yesterday to kind of go over Kentucky's class. Uh, they put out their final rankings at 24-7 sports. Um, I think it was Monday. So just to kind of go over where UK's players landed in those rankings, why they landed where they did, and, and to talk about some of these other guys still on Kentucky's list. Uh, and as of yesterday, there was still a lot of confusion about Jaden McDaniels, and and I think to some extent there still is. But but yeah, Evan went ahead and 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 put in a crystal ball prediction in favor of Kentucky for Jaden uh, this morning. I uh, talked to him again a little bit more this morning about that. Um, and there has been some buzz over the last week or two that Kentucky was in a better spot than a lot of people were giving them credit for in that recruitment. Um, I think. Those of us who have covered him for the last couple of years and, and followed his recruitment just kind of found it hard to believe that, that he would leave Seattle and leave what Washington has going there and, and go away from home for a year to, to come to Kentucky. But but right now at 1 p.m. on Wednesday, that, that looks like it, it might be the most likely possibility. Yeah, and I guess to a certain extent, you know this better than anybody, Ben, when when there's no information, any kind of information just kind of goes into echo chamber mode and then just kind of gets repeated and repeated. Yeah, yeah. And with him, it was one of those situations, uh, you know, some have compared it to Kevin Knox. I wouldn't even say it was like that because um, Kevin Knox's people were talking. There were, there was word out there. Um, it just was kind of a surprise that it ended up being Kentucky. With Jaden, like they just haven't been talking. Jaden hates talking about recruiting. Uh, he does not like talking about it at all, um, refuses to talk about it, uh, you know, at various points and his, his, uh, you know, his group, there is tight knit group, his family hasn't really talked about it. And, you know, his older brother went through it, um, going to, going to San Diego state and, uh, becoming a, an NBA level type prospect. So they knew how it worked. They knew, you know, if they wanted to keep it close, how, how to do that. And they've certainly done it. Um, and yeah, I think the biggest thing with him throughout this process was he's such a, you know, such a shy guy and such a quiet guy and sometimes an introverted guy. And, and people thought, one, what Washington has going on in his hometown is it looks to be so good right now. I mean, they'd be a, probably a top 15 preseason team if he were to join Isaiah Stewart and, and Quade Green and some of the other guys they have there, Mike Hopkins coaching. And, uh, you know, two, they just didn't, didn't, 
see him as the type of guy who would move away from home for, you know, 2,500 miles to, to come to Kentucky um, and, and join what, what John Calipari has going here. So I think, you know, with, with no information in that recruitment, I think people just kind of jump to the conclusion that, hey, this kid just doesn't seem yeah. like the type that, that's going to move away from home and, and, and make that jump. Yeah, and I mean, it was evident through this whole time that, you know, John Calipari really wanted <laughs> McDaniel. Yeah. What was it? Was it two trips? Out there, I mean, there were well, we know of two trips, for, yeah, because yeah. he took the pictures of the mountains yeah. being very coy, you know, and doing those visits. And he obviously can't officially comment on those guys, but he can send out uh, pictures from the places he's visiting. And then you do a little, okay, what recruit lives there? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it kind of shows uh, what he, he thinks about it because those visits are so valuable. And specifically, when you're going all the way across the country, that takes a ton of time uh, for Calipari. It does, and that fall recruiting period is when he first really started doing that and, and took two kind of back-to-back trips. And, you know, that fall recruiting period, you want to hit everybody you can in, in a short amount of time, and it's it's not easy, but it's a lot easier to do that when you're going jumping from, like, Georgia to Alabama to North Carolina to, to Ohio or whatever. But if you have to fly all the way out to Seattle, usually spend the night, which he did on at least one of those uh, trips, and then fly back, I mean, you're you're, you're – probably you know eliminating three or four guys that you could see if, mm-hmm. if you stayed on the east coast or kind of hit some guys clustered together so yeah for for almost a year he's he's been really pushing hard for him and they brought him in on that official visit in the fall um and have obviously stayed in contact and, and kept visiting uh here in the spring as he gets closer to that decision and he he's listed at six foot eleven <laughs> yeah uh but uh as let's see you know Kyle Tucker, we talked about on last podcast. While he's out this week doing doing some family stuff, he just had a a tweet about uh, he quote, quote tweeted a picture of Kenny Payne and Jade McDaniel's from one of those visits, and he said, "If Jade McDaniel's is six foot eleven, then I'm six foot five. I can confirm Kyle Tucker is not six foot five. Um, he he's pretty probably six nine. Those those things get fudged, yeah. whatever. Um, but as we've made evidently clear, Ben, he's not a big guy. He's a wing player, like." And this is, you always have to throw this disclaimer out. People compare him to Kevin Durant. He's not no. Kevin Durant level player, but he's a tall, lanky yeah. guy that plays on the wing. That's the that's the comparison, not actual like talent level. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing with him is he uh, he can be a great rebounder because he's so athletic and he uh, seems to have a nose for the ball and he's so long. I mean, yeah, he's probably six nine, maybe six ten, but he's re- he's really long and knows how to use his arms and knows how to get in there and, and work those angles and get rebounds, but he's not a banger. He's not a guy who's going to be down there banging on the block like Reed Travis or even P.J. Washington mm-hmm. or anything like that. He's a guy who likes to play on the perimeter. He is a, in his mind, he is a 6'10 point guard at times. Uh, if you watch him with his Nike team, uh, that that's the position he played a lot. Um, and he does, uh, and I, you know, he knows he's not Kevin Durant, but he kind of, mm-hmm. he, he has talked about that kind of being the template for, for what he would like to follow, which if you're a 6'10 guy yeah. who wants to shoot and play on the perimeter, that is who you should, you should want to yeah. try to live up to. Um, I would say that if he does come here, I think Kentucky fans should, should temper expectations. Uh, and we saw that reflected in these latest batch of rankings. I know he was top five for pretty much the last year and. And uh, 24-7 moved him down to 13 in the class, and Evan and I kind of talked about that. And, you know, the reason is he just wasn't quite as productive over the last several months. He does have a tendency to, if things aren't going his way, sometimes he fights back, and and uh, and, and sometimes he just kind of disappears and, and finds – it seems like he has a hard time sometimes um, in these, like, McDonald's All-American settings 
or like USA basketball with a lot of other great players around him trying to figure out how exactly he fits in because mm-hmm. his game is, I mean, it's unique. It's, it's hard to, I think, I'm sure it's hard for his teammates to figure out how to, how to fit him in sometimes, especially in those settings. Now, when he gets to Kentucky, obviously he's going to have a full summer of practices. He's going to get acclimated to these guys really well. Um, he's going to have guys like Hagens and Quickly and Maxi around him who, um, who, who like sharing the ball and are willing to share the ball and, and want to get people involved. Uh, so that, that'll be a little bit different. But, you know, on one side, his talent level and his upside are, I would put him with James Wiseman as the highest upside in the class without question. On the other side of it is production hasn't always been there and it's, it's, going to be a tough coaching job I think for John Calipari to figure out how he would fit on this team and how to maximize that potential and get the most out of them and what I assume will only be probably one season of college basketball Um, it's going to be really interesting to watch if he comes here because he's obviously going to have a lot of other great pieces around him and I think Cal's going to have to show some patience and Jaden is going to have to show some patience and his teammates are going to have to show some patience with with how exactly do we work him into that rotation and, and, and that dynamic and speaking of next year's Kentucky team, there might be another guy on the re- uh, way as well because a player who most people consider a Kentucky lean is making his announcement at the end of this week. We will talk about that uh, coming up next. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Grassroots Pharmacy, which is a locally owned independent pharmacy looking to change your idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be. They place a strong focus on nutrition, supplementation, and alternative therapies like CBD oil. Their pharmacists know there's nothing more important to you than your family's well-being. They take the time to get to know you, explain your medication, and answer questions you may have. They accept most insurance plans, including Medicare. They're located at 2304 Sir Barton Way in the Hamburg Pavilion. It's right by the four-way stop next to Beck's Spy on the parking lot side of the Regal Cinema. They're open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can give them a call at 859 263 1382. That's 859-263-1382. Or check out their website, grassrootspharmacy.com. That's grassrootspharmacy.com. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Johnny Juzang. (laughs) I just hope he picks Kentucky because that's fun to say, Ben. It's fun to say. Uh, He made an announcement that he will be making his college announcement Friday, May 10th. His final four are Oregon, Kansas, Kentucky, and Virginia. Uh, the last visit that he took was at Kentucky. He hasn't taken any other visits since. Most people kind of just assume this was almost a done deal to a certain extent. Don't know if potentially Jaden McDaniels picking Kentucky uh, could throw a wrench in things. Who knows? Uh, but he he's a guy that reclassified and put out this list and I guess what we're only what two by the end of this it'll be two and a half weeks or so when all this yeah. you know goes down and he's going to be on a college campus soon. So, I mean, is your expectation that it's going to be Kentucky at this point? Yeah, I mean, as we sit here at one seventeen p.m. on Wednesday, um, obviously the timing of this is a little strange with all the Jaden stuff popping up this morning and then Johnny, what about forty five minutes ago saying he was going to go ahead and announce Friday. Um, you know, there's only one ball, obviously, but but uh, Cal has shown he can do it in the past. Uh, and and like you said, like the whole ever since this process really got going, it became clear that Kentucky was the favorite, and Kentucky was the school where Johnny wanted to end up. He did take an official visit to Virginia in the fall. Um, Kansas and Oregon are the other two schools on his list with Virginia, but I mean, he 
you know, he announces he's reclassifying. He announces he's he's going on the Kentucky visit. He goes on the Kentucky visit. He doesn't visit anywhere else. Um, and while all that's going on, all the chatter behind the scenes uh, coming out of California is that it, it's just a matter of time before he mm-hmm. picks Kentucky. And that was even the talk before he came to Lexington on that visit. So I don't know that, that Jaden, I mean, obviously they're very different players. They'll play different positions. But the way this roster stacking up, uh, you know, any addition is taking minutes from somebody else because I think this might be the first time we actually see some true positionless basketball after yeah. all this talk from Calipari. But, but I, you know, Juzang, forget about his ranking, forget about that number 30, 35 ranking, wherever he is right now. It's a little lower than, than the other guys in Kentucky's class and the other guys still here. What he is is a college-ready scorer, a college-ready basketball player who I think that ranking is a little lower because maybe his upside isn't as high, his NBA potential, while still obviously very much there, is not quite as high as some of these other guys. But he's a guy who can come in right away and give you big-time minutes and and score and and just really score the basketball. And obviously, if you're Kentucky, that's what you're looking for. I mean, a lot of people like to look at the rankings and get the top five, top ten guys, but a lot of that, uh, you know, comes out as they get to the NBA, as they're in mm-hmm. year two, three, four of the NBA, what Kentucky fans should really want is guys who can play college basketball right now, and, that, and that's what Johnny is. Yeah. Um, and maybe even a guy who's going to play college basketball for multiple seasons, and, and that's that's what Johnny might end up being. So, yeah, I, I think you know we, we might get some more information here later on today or later on this week, but, but right now it, it looks like uh, Kentucky's sitting in the best spot for, for Johnny. Yeah, and to your point about this potentially, I mean, we'll just play it out as we kind of see it at this point. If if McDaniel uh, and McDaniel's and Juzang both sign with Kentucky, you just have a gluttony of guys that are wing players. Um, even Whitney and Keon Brooks, to a certain extent, are you know they're they're classified yeah. as wings, I guess. And you know, even if you you have a situation where both Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery come back, and you have Nate Sistine on the roster as well. There's going to be times when one of those wings is going to have to get down to the four, which I think is might be beneficial overall <laughs> to how Kentucky plays, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to, you know, if this roster stacks up the way it's looking, a lot of four out would be great for Kentucky mm-hmm. basketball next season. And it, and it's not only that these guys are a lot of wing players, because we saw that a couple years ago. Um, it's that these guys are already very skilled very basketball skilled wing players. It's not just the long 6'10 athletic dudes who can kind of wreak havoc. It's guys who know how to play basketball yeah, right and, now. And I'll just, I mean, I'll throw a name. It's not Hamadou Diallo. Yeah, yeah. Who, and it's not Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like, and those guys can certainly, like Jared Vanderbilt was a rebounding machine when he played. Hamadou was so athletic and could bring you some other stuff. Uh, but they, you know, one, Hamadou was a little behind the curve on the, on the basketball, you know, just awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and Jared isn't what you're looking for if you already have four or five guys, you know, like your PJs and, and, and like your guys like that who, who can do stuff around the basket. Uh, this team looks like, I mean, just the list. I mean, you got three guards, Hagens, Quickly, and Maxi, who can all run the point if they need to. Um, Maxi will be one of the best scoring guards I think Calipari has. And then you've got, if it happens, Jazang, Whitney, Brooks, Dante Allen, if he's healthy, and Jaden McDaniels are, are five guys that you can just mix and match on the wing. And, yeah, you can throw Jaden at the four sometimes. You can throw Keon at the four sometimes. Depending on the matchup, you can throw Whitney down there at the four sometimes. I mean, even Dante Allen, when he's healthy, knows what to do with the basketball and how to use his body so well that, that you, you can uh, manipulate some matchups there. 
And then if they come back, you got EJ and Nick to go along with Nate. I mean, you got kind of all – right now it, it's a guard wing post uh, kind of game and, and has been for a while. And you have all three of those tiers with multiple difference makers and, and really, really good players that, that you can mix and match. And you have some guys like EJ that can maybe swing between those tiers. Uh, and Johnny Jazang would be another one mm-hmm. who could go from guard to wing. So, uh, you know, the way this is stacking out – Calipari's been talking positionless basketball for, it seems like, five years now. We haven't really seen what he's talking about yet, and this is the perfect roster to yeah. to, to make that happen and make it work. And, that, I mean, we've seen these college basketball teams recently that have been very successful uh, be very successful playing that style, and I think I think this, this roster's t- tailor-made to do that. Yeah, and on the last edition of the show, we kind of reset where everybody was, you know, NBA-wise. And the one guy we haven't mentioned that – has been, you know, in the circles of joining this Kentucky team is is Kerry Blackshear Jr. Yeah. Uh, at this point, you know, it seems like as we've always said. I mean, when and Kyle talked to the dad uh, the day after that his name was went into the transfer portal, it's been evident he wants to be a pro next year. Yeah, that's his ultimate goal. Yeah, and the fact you know usually they won't say that out loud, but they're saying that out loud, and it's it's just all you hear uh, mm-hmm. behind the scenes is that he's going to exhaust every opportunity to be a professional basketball player next season. And, and that might mean going to the G league and that, I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to go overseas this early in his, in his pro basketball career, mm-hmm. but, but yes, he's going to exhaust every opportunity and, and try to make that happen and, and hope that that happens. Um, and what that also means is we won't, there's no use for him to even start looking at colleges while Until. he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And he's not like, he's going through these workouts and he's trying to become a better basketball player in this, this short window of time. Um, so I think if, if that doesn't work out for him and he does need to play another year of college basketball, uh, we won't know for a while, like kind of what, which way, which direction that's going to be heading. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, obviously other viable options outside of Kentucky as well. He's a Florida native, uh, the Gators need some players and you know, it's going to be, I can see it. It could be a situation where similar to McDaniels where you waited to see where everybody's kind of landing. Uh, he could be in a situation where he's seeing who's who came back to which schools because you know you got Florida on your list and Nimhard, their their very talented freshman guard is still in that process. If he comes back, maybe he wants to play with him. If Kentucky some for some reason loses Montgomery and Richards, if they both make decisions to move on with their careers, he says, "Hey, there's a ton of playing time there. I'll go there." So it, I think that that is that's probably obviously the the one that's farthest out from decision wise yeah yeah and and the fact that yeah he's gonna have to look at these rosters when the time comes and Florida's one that that on paper seems to make a lot of sense because they do have a lot first of all they have some some really good guard wings coming back it looks like and they'll have guys like Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann coming in what they don't have is anybody close to a guy like him uh so he would be the guy he would be featured and he would be doing all that right next to home mm-hmm. where, you know, his parents and his family can come to every game and, and not really have to worry about the travel. Um, at Kentucky, assuming EJ and or Nick come back and you got Sestina there, if McDaniels comes in the mix, they still don't really have a guy like Kerry Blackshear, but those minutes are, yeah. you still have to take them away from somebody else. I mean, Cal's not going to give up on EJ Montgomery after mm-hmm. one season. Cal brought Nate Sestina in here for a reason. He's going to play. Jaden McDaniels is a possible lottery pick. Cal will play him, and yeah. Cal is not going to give up on Nick Richards because uh, Nick, you know, he keeps trying and he keeps working hard, and, and 
there's still something there and that they think he can still take that next step if he were to come back. So Kyle's not just going to push him to the side completely. He's going to have to work all those guys in and he's got all those guards and wings that we talked about previously that also need, you know, their playing time. So, the, the, you know, there's only 200 minutes of playing time per game to go around. And uh, while Kerry Blackshear would play a ton here, um, you know, I, I don't know. There, there might be more minutes There might be Florida. more minutes elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah Florida, yeah, Florida and, and some other places. And also A&M, you know, where his, his yeah. coach ended up. So that's obviously in the running as well. Uh, coming up next, we're going to switch up and talk a little 2020. Normally, this is the time of the year that we're talking about that, <laughs> but all this 19 stuff is, has gone so late that we haven't got to get to it yet. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard, multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash on. ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technologies, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidate so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can get ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Normally this time of year, Ben, we'd be talking about the 2020 class a ton. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the summer yeah. circuit's firing up. You've obviously been pumping out a, a ton of great articles and I recommend everyone follow along with Ben's work and um, read all his posts and articles on the Herald Leader. Uh, but 2020, and it's tough to keep track of some of these names because, well, to be honest, sometimes they move to, to 19, like RJ yeah. Hampton. <laughs> Johnny Jazang. Yeah, exactly. So um, everything kind of shifts. But it seems like overall Kentucky's in a, in a pretty good spot for a lot of these top guys in the 2020 class. Yeah, I mean, I think there it's going to be another one of those situations where they're uh, they're right there and they're on the short list for guys like Brandon Boston um, and and Jalen Johnson, uh, you know Isaiah Todd, players like that, and and it is a long list. And Cal's offered about ten guys in that class already. And what's interesting to me is they seem to be casting a much wider net, especially in this last 2019 cycle, although now it looks like they're going to end up with the number one recruiting class <laughs> in the country. Uh, surprise, again. Um, he did miss out on a lot of guys like Isaiah Stewart, like Oscar Shebway, um, and some other guys. And part of the reason for that is because they, they got seriously involved a little later, or a lot later in some cases, th- than uh, the schools that ended up getting those players. So what you've seen now, um, especially after this first evaluation period and, and the little recruiting period that followed last week, uh, you're seeing him reach out to just a, a ton of guys. I mean, I, I think, you know, off the top of my head, the the target list has got to be over 25 now about guys that they are actually staying in contact with, wow. trying to get on campus, um, and really being, it seems like, a little more liberal with those those scholarship offers than they have in the past. And I think that's the right direction to go because these kids – uh, as we've talked about in the past, I mean, they compare offers, they compare offer sheets. If, you know, kid A doesn't have a UK offer, he knows kid B does, and he thinks he's better than kid B, mm-hmm. and that leaves a sour taste in their mouth. And even if he gets that UK offer two months later, uh, that's still kind of there, and it's something that you have to, you know, work yourself well, back from. And and I think they're doing all the right things with this class in that 
that y- case. Yeah, and I think the obvious example is with James Wiseman. I mean, all the eggs were in the Wiseman basket. Yeah. And then something crazy happened. Memphis hired his high school coach. You know, if that doesn't happen, James Wiseman is coming to Kentucky yeah. next year. And to as you just laid out, you know, they got laid in on Stewart and Schwebway. I'm glad I don't have to pronounce that name in a UK <laughs> uniform, even though it would have been at least fun to try. But anyway, uh, you know, so then, uh, you know, they don't they don't get those guys and they don't they don't have a big they're kind of scrambling. Now, yeah. luckily for them, uh, they end up where Montgomery more seems like it's likely to come back. Mm-hmm. And there was a potential that some thought he would have been a one and done. And, you know, now they sign a grad transfer in Nate Sassina. So they're going to be okay on the big man front, but it was kind of a scramble to get those pieces back together. Yeah, everything it looks like is going to work out, especially if EJ comes back. And But you can't, yeah, you can't rely on having a Reed Travis mm-hmm. or a Nate Sestina or a Kerry Blackshear uh, there um, every year. And you, there's no guarantee you're going to get them if that type of player is there every year. So, uh, yeah, when, when, when Wiseman, when Penny was hired, even when Penny was hired, a lot of people thought James would, would come to Kentucky just cause that relationship was so strong. Um, but yeah, they, you know, around that same time is when Isaiah was really starting to kind of narrow his recruitment, at least in his mind. And I think if Kentucky had come in, uh, you know, that, that March, April last year with an offer, I, I think he might be at Kentucky mm-hmm. next season. And, and he turned out to be maybe the most college-ready basketball player um, in the 2019 class. Uh, so, again, it's going to work out just fine in 2019. It seems like more often than not, yeah. it always does when it comes to John Calipari. But uh, certainly th- there could have been some different moves that maybe would have had some different players here next season. And and I do think with that 2020 class, they are uh, – they certainly have obviously recognized it and, and, and are maybe casting a little wider net and mm-hmm. giving themselves a, a few more options in case some stuff does fall through. Uh, in 2020, I guess, is it is it fair to say that Todd is the guy that most people think is the most likely to end up at Kentucky? Because it seems like he he's a guy that it, you know, well, he was one, of, he was rumored to be reclassifying yeah. and coming to Kentucky for a, a good portion of his junior season. Um, is that still the case in your estimation? Um, I think most people would probably say that, but I think the fact that he's definitely staying in 2020 now always makes it interesting, mm-hmm. and it, and it also kind of opens it back up to what does the roster look like next yeah. year. Now, obviously, uh, Biggs is going to be a situation where I don't think they're going to have much coming back next year because Nate Sestina is obviously going to be gone. Um, you know, we don't know with Nick and EJ. It's it's hard to even look beyond this off season to, to even talk about where, where they're going to be two seasons from now. Um, but they don't have anybody else on the roster that, that really plays the way Isaiah does. Uh, Jaden McDaniels would be, would be kind of that, that long guy who, who can step outside that might be a, a bit similar in some cases, although they're certainly different players, but yeah, I mean, he likes Kentucky. If he were to reclassify, it was going to be to Kentucky, but now that this thing has opened back up, you know, you give a kid six months, mm-hmm. And other schools, uh, North Carolina has been in there strong with him. Duke is always a school who can pop in and, and like Kentucky and, and make things happen at the last minute. Uh, so that that certainly makes things interesting. Um, you know, one guy who's not technically on the 2020 list right now who they just offered yesterday or they offered this week was Terrence Clark. He actually turns 18 oh. this fall. He's the number two player in the 2021 class, and Calipari watched him a lot a couple weekends ago at the, at the first Nike session. Uh, he actually visited last fall to Kentucky. Uh, so while, you know, we talked to him a couple weeks ago and he said he wasn't really anywhere close in the recruiting process and talked about how he had two more years to go. 
Uh, there has been some reclassification chatter with him. Uh, he, he's a he's a big six six uh, wants to play point guard, but will play combo guard type of player. Who uh, obviously, I mean, number two player in that twenty twenty one class, he'd be a top five player, I think, in twenty twenty if he made the move. And and a guy, I think, uh, certainly to watch uh, for that class over over the next six nine months or so. One of the guys that got a lot of headlines was Jalen Johnson because he called Kentucky yeah. his dream school. I mean, is that <laughs> what do you make? Do you when you hear somebody say something like that, does it even kind of phase you? Do you do you do you think of ah that means the Kentucky's on the short list or how do you kind of see those things now? Because it seems like well, uh, we Kyle and I uh, were talking about that a couple podcasts ago, and then someone pointed out uh, this brought to mind to them Luke Kennard, who yeah. said that he grew up a Kentucky fan and then ultimately picks Duke. I mean, when it, when a guy says that this is his dream school, does that does that even make a difference in a lot of these cases? I don't think it does. It surprised me with him just because he has been everything you've heard for the last six months has been so Duke, Duke, Duke uh, with him. Even though he visited the last two Big Blue Madnesses and just and told me he might come back for a third, although it looks like he might be committed to a school before that that third trip might happen. Uh, so it did surprise me that he said it, uh, just because obviously, I mean, Luke grew up in Southern Ohio where there are probably more Kentucky fans than Cincinnati or Ohio state fans in that pocket of Ohio where he lived and his whole family was from Kentucky. And it it made sense that he was a Kentucky fan with Jalen. I mean, he has no ties. He's from Wisconsin. Um, and like I said, everything has been so Duke centric in his recruitment that, that I didn't expect him to say that out loud. He's, I think he's kind of walked that back a little bit. And part of the reason for that is, is legit is that, like you were kind of hit on there. I mean, once you start this recruiting process, I mean, you're making a decision that will affect the rest of your life. And it doesn't really matter who you rooted for when you were eight years old, whether you like John wall or whether you, you know, you like somebody else that, that should not at all factor into your, to your recruiting process and your final decision. Um, so I think, you know, with maybe the local kids with Kentucky kids, it, it does mean something. And, um, you know, obviously uh, it means something with, with the out of state kids. I think it's just a matter of, you know, this is the team I liked, you know, mm-hmm. they had, they had that swagger, whatever it was that, that drew them to them. But once that process actually starts and they start meeting with the coaches, it becomes different. Although, you know, in Jalen's case, I mean, obviously he still likes Kentucky an awful lot. He's he's down to four schools now and, and has visited Kentucky multiple times and, and just raves about that coaching staff. So it's it's going to be one of those things where it's a very, very hard decision, but it certainly shouldn't, shouldn't surprise anybody if, if he ends up at Duke after all this, even though he said UK's his dream school. He has been Robert Spin. Let everybody know where they can follow you online and read your work. Um, well, uh, Kentucky.com uh, at the Herald Leaders website and then the Next Cats recruiting website, which we update several times a day with all the latest uh, recruiting news from from uh, you know our stuff and stuff uh, around the state and around the country, and uh, on Twitter at uh, Ben Roberts HL, and I'm trying not to get on Instagram or any of the other stuff. You got to get on the IG just to get the scoops, man. I know all these kids are on the Instagram now. You go, they're going Instagram live and announcing things. That's that's what Juzang did, didn't he? Didn't he announce his? Well, yeah, he he tweeted out that his announcement. His final his big four. announcement would be on, or his final, something was going to be on Instagram, and then everybody went there, and it was a private account. We got so, a request. Yeah, this is too complicated. We can't. <laughs> I don't even like Twitter. If you see Ben out on the street, be sure to be yell, hey, next cats. He absolutely <laughs> loves that. <laughs> uh, thanks again to Ben for his time. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnUK. You can find me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R. 
CH, please rate, please review, please subscribe, and uh, also share this if you know somebody else who would enjoy a little recruiting uh, chatter. Thanks again to Grassroots Pharmacy for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello. 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 Good job, Ben. These mics are all jacked up. That one's way too loud for some reason. We had uh, on our campus radio show when I was at UK, we had Sweet P. Burns call in one time. (laughs) (laughs) No, we could hear him, but he apparently couldn't hear us. And then after about 10 or 15 seconds of back to forth, he just started going, hello, hello, (laughs) hello, hello. (laughs) You ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>